Kelleher versus Ricky Simone in the works for a UFC event on January 16th. They were originally scheduled to meet on September 5th, but you know, the Rona had other plans as it often does. And uh, Kelleher had to go ahead and guillotine the living crap out of Ray Rodriguez. And uh, speaking of the Rona, we're hoping that the third time is the charm as Junior Dos Santos versus Glover Teixeira is set for November 7th. That fight has already been canceled twice. Neither of those guys uh, wanting to feel left out. So uh, they both tested positive for the COVID, hoping uh, this one goes through. This fight should help to determine things at the top of the UFC light heavyweight division. That division, of course, has a new champion in Jan Blachowicz. With uh, John Jones out of the picture, lots of opportunities for the guys at the top to have their shots. Also, look, you got to remember, Tiago Santos, he's in there. I'm Jeffrey Hoffman, and this is Nikki the G, Nicholas Sherlock, welcoming you guys to the ninth episode of the Fight Sport Focus Podcast. Nick, how you doing over there? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Excited to be here for episode nine. It doesn't seem like we're at nine already, but here we are. Oh, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun talking fights, man. Look, we are nominated for the best local podcast in New Orleans. This will be the last time you hear it. Voting ends mid-October. So why don't you head on over to alt923.com, click on the Woodies. And uh, vote for us, right? Give your boys a vote. Help us out. Yeah, that's right. Give us a little click, a little click action. It takes about maybe five minutes max to get it done. Uh, I think we're worth five minutes of your time. Eh, a little clicky poo. Right? That's right. Not- you can actually do this while you're listening to this episode. So, man, I got to tell you, Nick, dude, over the weekend, I, uh, I started watching a little Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. <laughs> have, you, have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's on my Netflix queue to watch. I just... Uh, with work starting to pick back up a little bit, I haven't had much time for TV lately between work and having a new baby. Yeah, dude, I uh, watch nothing. If I'm ever watching TV, which is very rare, it's uh, usually old Star Trek reruns for whatever reasons. But that Cobra Kai, I don't know why I took so long. Dude, I'm 20 episodes into it already in like two oh, wow. days. Because I know it came out on like YouTube or Hulu or something like or Amazon Prime maybe a while back and, and Netflix is just now picking it up. Yep. Uh, what I have been watching lately on my phone while I've been at work, uh, we all watched Saved by the Bell when we were kids. Oh, So YouTube has this thing called Zach Morris's Trash. <laughs> and all it does is break down Zach Morris about like how yeah. much of a shitbag he really was in high school. It's awesome. So it's similar to Cobra Kai in that like you get to see, you know, characters from your childhood that were like built up to these levels and or, you know, the, the bad guys from those stories. And you get to see them from a different light. Well, the same guy that does a Zach Morris's trash does the thing on a Danny Bonaducci, how he talks about how Daniel was the bad guy in the Karate Kid. <laughs> so in Cobra Kai, you kind of get that perspective. Um, you just get to see Johnny as being like the dynamic character that he is. Like he had flaws. You know, uh, his, his mom married some rich dick uh, stepfather that was not abusive, but definitely uh, didn't give him the, the attention that he needed. And, uh, you know, Daniel came into town and kind of like swooped in on his girl, which, you know, you can definitely see it from his perspective. And 
I think it's it's more than just seeing a story from another perspective. It's like seeing characters for what they are. And that's like very complex and magnificent things as opposed to like when you're watching a, a movie, right? Whenever you see uh, the, the protagonist, the good guy, they're always doing things that advance the plot in a positive way. And then whenever the camera goes to the bad guy, like you're seeing them do bad things. So we have this idea in our head that like bad people do bad things all the time and good people do good things all the time, as opposed to like seeing people for the, the complexity that, that they dwell oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I, was talk- I was talking to my little brother today about uh, Shia LaBeouf. And I was like, I said, man, this dude a, is, a, is a goofball, man. He was like, no, no. He said, he, he's a regular dude. He's a good guy. I was like, how do you know this? He goes, well, I mean, you just got to think about it. Whenever you and I have a bad day, we're probably at home. Whenever he has a bad day, everybody's got a camera in his face. <laughs> I was like, fair. I said, but this dude's alcoholism got so out of control, Brad Pitt offered to help him. I'm going to have to agree with, uh, that was your son, you said? Oh, it's my little brother. Your little brother? I'm going to have to agree with your little brother on that one. I also think Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf or LaBeouf? LaBeouf? I, thought I think it was, it's French, so I you don't pronounce LaBeouf. a lot of the letters. I don't know. We can have to read it off like jail mugshots. <laughs> because they, I have uh, the phonetic pronunciation. I think so. I think so. <laughs> the That's jail mugshots. Uh, Senor Sherlock, man, we've got some huge news on the local front. Our guy... John the Don Island, someone who's very dear to both you and I, just had an enormous fight announcement today. Oh, yes. He's definitely, definitely due for a time. He's been yes. having a hell of a go where opponents canceling on him, opponents backing out. Then the cancellation of one show he was on. Uh, my man is biting at the bit, chomping, ready to go. This is going to be fireworks for sure. I think I'm definitely I'm pretty sure I'm going to make the trip out to Hattiesburg. Yep. So I texted John earlier today and I said, man, you deserve this. And I didn't mean like you deserve it because you've been doing well or that you're a 4-0 undefeated professional. Like, no, you deserve this because of everything that you've had to go through just to get a fight booked. And let's hope like hell that this one goes through. And that fight is John will be taking on ex-UFC bantamweight Brandon Davis for Gulf Coast MMA 7 on November 21st. Brandon Davis making his best case for an encore performance with the UFC and John 4-0 professional. John's on a non nine fight win streak going back to his amateur days. And dude, I couldn't be more happy that it's John finally getting his opportunity to showcase his talent against uh, oh, yeah, a I very think, game opponent. I think this fight can, it goes both ways. Brandon Brandon's trying to make it back to the UFC, where if Jonathan can go out there and have a great showing against yes. him, he can show that, hey, I'm ready for the Ultimate Fighter, the Contender Series, or give me a UFC top shot. I'm ready to go. I mean, this kid is serious, man. Yeah, and I think it's kind of win-win for either guy, right? right. Like if John wins, then, you know, Brandon's, hey, he's undefeated. He's on a roll, like. And then if obviously if Brandon wins, it's, uh, you know, guys, a UFC uh, making his way back to the UFC. He's got, what, six, six fights with that organization. Yep. So uh, neither guy has a lot to lose from this. They both have a ton to gain. I love a matchup like this. Also, uh, Jason the Kid Knight, Mississippi mean Hick Diaz, if you will. He announced earlier in the week that uh, he's making his return to mixed martial arts after those two spectacular fights with the bare knuckle fighting championship jason's going to be fighting on december 19th for empire fighting championship although uh, we don't know who the opponent is yet we've got christian garola coming on shortly he's co-owner of that promotion so maybe 
Uh, we can ask him uh, what they've got in mind for that matchup. Also, they've got a show this Saturday, October 17th. So it's going to be nice to get to talk with him about that card. Fight Sports Focus will be in the building this weekend. Oh, you better believe that, man. Uh, we'll be there. I'll be there doing fight photos. Uh, we'll have live results from those fights. And uh, we'll discuss uh, the fights on next week's episode. Absolutely, we will. In this week's episode, we're going to look back at UFC Fight Night, Marias versus Sandhagen. Then we're going to be joined by Christian Girola, talk about Empire's event this Saturday. And following that, we'll be talking with one of, if not the biggest professional mixed martial arts prospect from the Gulf Coast, AJ, the Ghost Fletcher. And lastly, we're going to take a look ahead to UFC Fight Night Ortega versus the Korean Zombie and give our picks. Nick, we got a full show ahead of us, man. Absolutely. Let's dive on into this thing. Yeah, let's get started. UFC Fight Night Marias versus Sandhagen. On the prelims, Sharif Ports, Tony Kelly, man, he got his first UFC win with the UD over Ali Al-Qaisi. And we have got to talk about that Joaquin Buckley head kick KO over Impa Kasanganai. It was an absolute banger. Arguably the greatest knockout in UFC history. Yeah, I think it's up there if it's not number one. I mean, I've been watching professional wrestling a long time, and who'd have thunk <laughs> this would actually work in a real combat situation? But you've seen that move Tens oh, yeah. of thousands of times. Oh, yeah. You catch your foot, take a kick to the back of the head. I mean, they usually kick out. I mean, there was no kicking out here. The slow-mo, uh, the close-ups of the faces when this foot landed. Oh, my God. Now, I actually, I was actually getting a little bit of work done when you text me and said, hey, go on the page and watch this. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to watch it just yet. I have the fights recorded. So I sat down, started watching them. And when I got to them, I was like, oh, my God. Like. This Serious. kick here, this kid Buckley just arrived in tremendous fashion. It kind of reminded me how Uriah Hall first mm -hmm. burst into the UFC with his big jump spinning kick knockout. So, I mean, hopefully we see this uh, kid Buckley progressing a little more and I'm interested to see what else he's got. Yeah. Dana White, after that event, uh, I think he was joking, saying that like Buckley deserved the entire 200K that like people were calling him saying, hey, man, just give them all four bonuses. Like, just stop it now. I don't think anybody's going to object to it. Just give them all. Uh, and Kasaganai, uh, he released a statement yesterday. First, great to know that, that nice, he's, that he's nicest, doing okay. Nicest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. He wrote to Buckley and this is him uh, writing this. It was an honor to step in the octagon with you and to do what I love. Safe travels to you and your team. Beautiful shot. Way to fight. But even before uh, Buckley was on Twitter, like trying to, uh, I guess, generate some heat, talking a little noise, and Kasaga and I was having none of it. We was just like, oh, man, safe travels. I hope y'all get here safely. Yeah. I can't wait to meet you. Like, just a genuinely nice guy. I mean, I don't know if he should bring that nice attitude into the octagon, because even in the, the fight itself, he was throwing some heat. But yes. It seemed to me like he was sitting back, kind of letting Buckley dictate the pace of the fight. Yeah, and we talked about Kasanganai on the show before. He's less than two years into his professional career. 
big things ahead for that young man. I personally can't wait to see his next Octagon performance. I mean, he's got to go home and see his last one because I'm, I'm, I bet you money he don't remember it. <laughs> he don't remember a damn thing. Yeah, just uh, one more on the prelim card. We had Chris Dawkins, uh, the Philadelphia police officer turned professional mixed martial artist. He had another spectacular first round KO Saturday night over Rodrigo Nascimento. Dawkins, uh, 10 and 3. Seven first round knockouts. He's this card, two in the UFC. This particular card was littered with knockouts. Yeah. People were going to sleep that night. On to the main card. In the first fight, Yusuf Zalal got straight grapple banged by ground karate for the 29-28 unanimous decision loss. Great UFC debut for Ilya Topuria and uh, your Nick and my perfect evening came to an end about as quickly as possible as uh, we both picked Zalal. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were 0-1 to start off. Next up, the biggest betting favorite on the card. He served up our redemption, man. We we got that one, right? You're what I, I don't remember what his odds were. I think it's like a plus or a minus 400, minus 450. Yeah, you go with those. You typically do okay. Um, Tom Aspinall, he got the first. Quick first round TKO over Alan Bodo. Third up was the only fight where you and I had different picks. And I went with the South African Duplessis. You went with Marcus with a K. Yeah, he can let me, let me down big time. I mean, he does spell Marcus with a K, however. I mean, I knew that that was a big thing for you. He does. He does. I mean, he's still got that. I'll give him another shot. I mean, but <laughs> oh. another shot. I mean, that is a really cool spelling. He ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah, uh, Duplessis, wow, man. Uh, victorious in his UFC debut. He's now 15-2 and two overall. All 15 wins are finishes. Uh, he's never been to a judge's decision, and he's calling out a top 20 opponent. Are there any matchups that interest you for the South African Duplessis? No. Nothing yet? No. I mean, whoever the UFC gives him. I mean, I mean stylistically. He's got a, he's got a, I think he needs to win a couple more fights before he's on the where he's on the top 15 radar. Yeah, I don't even know if there is a top 20. I think once you get past 15, it's no, just kind of like you, you do your best. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a top 15. And, uh, <laughs> he's out there calling out college football rankings. I want the number 23 guy right now. <laughs> Moving on. Something interesting that uh, Duplessis said in the post-fight interview, and you guys can take this however you want. Uh, he said that he's on a mission to become the first African-born, African-trained champion, right? Because obviously there are He's off two- to a great start. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for anybody who objects, uh, there are two African-born champions in the UFC, Kamaru Usman, uh, but he trains here in the U.S. He's lived here since he was a kid. And uh, Adesanya trains at City Kickboxing in New Zealand. So it's an interesting perspective on that fight. Next up, Big Ben Rothwell and Marcin Tabora. Rothwell threw something like 150 total strikes in that first round for heavyweights. We had more strikes thrown. Right. Oh, yeah, th- those boys were throwing. And the only problem was they were both blocking a lot of shots with their faces. <laughs> Rothwell looked like somebody hit him in the face with a bat towards the end of it. A very underrated technique, I would like to add. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the old uh, Homer Simpson thing where you just stand there and let them tire themselves out. That's right. You just blow over them. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very shocked at how that ended. I mean, it looked like Ben started to get tired towards mm-hmm. the end. He was still throwing, but, I mean, yeah. he just couldn't get a job done. Uh, I mean – yeah, these, these two guys were busy. Uh, two big heavyweights, over 200 significant strikes landed between the two of them by fight's end. 
And uh, you and I both struck out on this one. We went with Rothwell and Tabura got the 29-27 decision on all three cards. Co-main event, we had Edson Barboza versus Maquan Amerikani. He looked good, man. Who? Edson. Edson, dude, here's the thing about how Edson looked. I didn't recognize him at first. Oh, yeah. When he came in with the hair and everything, he was like, who is this guy? <laughs> he came it's out. his cousin. It's his cousin. He's getting the bag. He's coming. He came out with a full beard, luscious head of hair. And I'm like, yeah, who the hell? But uh, I mean, he look. usually looks like he's off the cast of 12 Monkeys. And <laughs> he decided, you know what? I'm going to mix it up on him. He usually keeps it pretty close up top. Sometimes he goes with the straight edge, you know, like the Mr. Clean look. Yeah. And I got to say, man, as a member of the bald and balding community myself, uh, we, we don't look kindly upon uh, able-haired individuals who uh, who go straight edge up top. Well, I'd like to welcome him into Beard Core. Uh, let that <laughs> thing go. Just keep it going, man. Um, all right. So you and I both went with Barboza. He got a uh, much-needed win there. Yes, right? yes. He needed, he needed that win. And in his post-fight interview, Barboza called out uh, top five. Again, with these guys with these weird comments. He said either top five or top six. Top five or... Top six. That's got me thinking. They like, dude, to, if you want number six, just call them out. They like, need to just you know? pick, stop giving out these goddamn numbers. Just pick a fucking name and be like, yo, this is the guy I want to fight next. <laughs> it just gets so confusing, right? It's like you can oh. call it a top five or a top ten. It's like, who I do you want? Five or six? Somewhere between seven and nine. Seven <laughs> and nine. That's my that's my bang zone. Uh, I hate to ask, man. What do you think? Uh, Bar- Barbosa is always has to fight somebody in the top 10. Yeah. Anytime. I don't care if he's on a three, four fight losing streak right. with the body of work that Barbosa has turned turned in yeah. with his uh, otherworldly athleticism and phenomenal talent. He always has to fight somebody in the top 10. All right. So you're a UFC matchmaker. Who are you giving him? Who are you giving them next? Uh, somewhere between like like four and like fifteen. Oh, that was the numbers, man. You like, just yeah. you just went on the number rank. Give me a name. What's your what's your dream matchup? If it, even if it's not a dream, what makes sense for Barboza next? Uh, I mean, any anybody really. I mean, it doesn't. Like I said, I, I don't think it matters with Barbosa. Um, I don't think I don't think he's in the title hunt. I don't think he's in title talks at all. Uh, especially coming off these uh, with his last few fight skids. Yeah. But he definitely needs to fight somebody within the top 10 next. Yeah, always. And in the main event, Corey the freaking Sandman Sanhagen. That roundhouse kick, I'll tell you what, man. Marias is lucky that that kick, I thought it was more of a graze. Apparently, it hit him in the temple and then grazed. But a few inches lower, and uh, that kick might have been bigger problems than just uh, losing that fight, huh? Um, I think it was a very, I think it was pretty early stoppage. I mean, he was clearly still fighting. I think the ref uh, was a little quick triggered on that. Like, this is the main event of the evening. Let these guys fight. And it seems here lately that they've been stopping fights quicker and quicker and quicker. This is the UFC. This is the main event of the evening. Let these fighters fight. Let them go out on their shield, man. I thought Morales was still fighting. I thought he was still into it. He was still very cognizant. Cognate, so I think that we should let that fight go a little longer. Yeah, in real time, it looked a lot more dangerous than what it was in the replay. In the replay, you saw it was a graze, but then if you looked at it even closer, it's like, okay, it might have actually made pretty solid contact before it grazed. But in real time, it looked like he got decapitated. So I could see the ref obviously jumped in there right away. Mm, as to, he should gotta, have. You got to run in, but you still have to look at what you're running into. Yeah. And Morales was on his back. He looked like he was trying to pull guard. So. You and I both went with Marais, and I remember last week texting you like, how the hell is Marlon Marais not the favorite in this one? Well, uh, Corey Sanhagen made that very clear. 
I think Sanhagen just put himself that he should be next in line. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Going into the fights Saturday, Sanhagen was four. Cody Garbrandt, number three. Aljamain Sterling, two. Morais, number one. And then you've got uh, Jan chilling at the top. Uh, nothing scheduled for Jan yet. I think Sanhagen should, should jump to number two. Um, and I think Sanhagen probably should get the next shot. I mean, I'm a, if not, if, if Sanhagen doesn't get the next shot, he should fight Cody next. Uh, so Cody's fighting for the 125 belt, right? So I, I, Cody's still in the Bantam, rate, Bantam uh, weight rankings, but he's down in flyweight right now. Yeah, you're down right. in flyweight territory. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, Sanhagen should get the next shot then. Here's the thing. I'm a huge Sarah Longo guy, and it doesn't even matter that I am. That's just – and I think Aljo – Aljamain Sterling has done more than enough to get that crack at John, man. Um, and I was definitely worried that the winner of this fight would leapfrog Aljamain, which I still think might uh, happen. I think Aljamain is just a boring fighter, man. He doesn't, um, he doesn't, he doesn't bring the circus. He doesn't he, bring. He beat uh, Sanhagen first round submission in his last fight. I mean, first first round of naked choke. He just doesn't bring the. It's a funk master, dude. He doesn't. You don't get a nickname like the Funk Master if you don't bring whatever it he is doesn't. You're he for. doesn't. He doesn't bring the excitement to the cage that we're looking for. He doesn't bring that. He's the Funk Master. <laughs> he's got a nickname. Okay, <laughs> it's like he's not online like promoting fights and things like that. Things that a lot of people used to frown upon, but now it seems like the prerequisite to being a talked about champion. Yeah, kind of, kind of so, right? Moving on to some local Gulf Coast fight coverage. Empire Fighting Championship 6 from Biloxi, Mississippi is this weekend. Nick, you and I will be there and we'll be recapping all of the action on next week's episode. Also, we're going to be posting live results from the fight, uh, from all of the fights on our website, fightsportfocus.com. So make sure to bookmark and check back often so you don't miss out. And I'll be there taking photos of the fights, which of course will be posted on our Facebook page. Let's get Christian Girola on the line and talk about this Saturday's event. We'll be right back with Christian Girola. Jeffrey Hoffman here with Nicholas Sherlock and we're here with Christian Girola. Hey, Christian, welcome to the Fight Sport Focus podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me on. Empire Fighting Championship 6 is this Saturday, October 17th from Biloxi, Mississippi. Look, what can you tell us about the show? Uh, again, another another stacked card. We got 16 MMA fights on this corner. 16 in total. We got 13 amateur fights, three of them for titles, and three pro fights. All guys that are looking to make, you know, make 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 it to the next level, trying to take that step forward. We got SD Doomer. What are some of the matchups that we should be on the lookout for? Man, all of them. You know, all of them, and, and that's the truth. You know, even even the guys that we got that are that are just starting out. We got some debut guys going up against other debut guys, but. Everybody in this court is all, they're all coming from legit gyms. They have legit coaches and, and real, real training. You know, I know some cars, sometimes there's, there's guys that kind of look at them and say, like, man, that guy shouldn't even been in the cage. We so don't there, have that. There's no, there's, no, there's no backyard garage really training partners, right? <laughs> there is no backyard barbecue garage. That's what I like and, to uh, see. No toughest guy at the barbecue. 
No, sir. <laughs> I mean, because that that, no, hap- that, hap- that, that happens with a lot of promotions. They want to stick these guys on cards just to fill fights. So to hear that Empire yes, is sir. not doing that, that is a beautiful thing. My hat's off to you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate that, brother. So this event is sold out, correct? The event is sold out. We we were sold out the day after tickets went on sale. Well, I mean, it, it is sold out. I, I've even tried to reach out a fire. All these guys are coming. <laughs> Yeah, China, because then I got other guys hitting me up for tickets, and uh, I think I think we could have sold this event out three times over. But the way it happened and so quickly, I said the day after I had tickets in hand, they were gone. You know, I had no more. I was trying to shuffle between some guys. You know, and, and that one thing I hate, and everybody's like, "Man, that's a great problem to have." But when you got fighters who who has family that wants to come, they got their fans that want to come. And I got to tell them, look, I got, I got no seats for them. I, just, I just can't have them in, you know? So, so a good problem to have is, is a bad problem still. You yeah. Know? Besides, besides the money aspect that we lose on it, there's still the aspect of these guys want their people there. You know, they want to be there to support their guys. Their teams want to be there. Their families want to be there. And I'm having to tell them, look, they, they can't be there. Is there any uh has Mississippi given you guys any indication on when you'll be at back to be able to go at 100% capacity? We just went up to to 50%. So, I don't know. You know, it's not the commission. The commission here they're they're down to do whatever the state allows. So they're they're down. You know, they want the fight, they want the events to happen. But um but yeah, as far as when it go up, I don't know. We have um, we have another event right around the corner, you know, and I already know we're pre-selling that one, and it's it's half sold out. Is there any yeah. way that people can watch the event? Is it going to be broadcast uh, or live on Facebook? Anything like that for anybody that can't attend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go with our Facebook live uh, stream again, like we've done in the past. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, they they really, especially the ones that couldn't get tickets or that didn't get them on time, you know, they're going to still want to tune in and see. Fight. Um, yeah, we're gonna go with a Facebook live stream again. It's worked for us pretty good in the past. You know, we had a lot of people tune in to to watch it. You know, it, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't help us at all, really. But I want to make sure that all the people that couldn't come can see the event, to watch the event, and watch the guys, and um, and hopefully, you know, jump on tickets quicker next time. Yeah, and that's good. That it helps to spread the word, right? Spread the brand. Yes, uh, now I know that yes, you guys. Sir have another show coming up on December 19th. And it was just announced that Jason Knight will be making his mixed martial arts return on that card. Yes, sir. Do you have any word on potential opponents for Jason yet? Um, we, we do, but we're not going to announce yet. We're, um, we're holding off on, on making the announcement yet. We're trying to get past this event, but, um, but yes, it will be his MMA return and we're looking to get back to the UFC. You know, is, it, is this going to be, is this going to be a local guys fight? Is this going to be like a oh shit matchup? It, it it's going to be it's going to be a mix of both. It's going to be a mix of both. <laughs> not, not giving us but, any, uh, any trail of breadcrumbs here. Yeah, no, no. My dad can say about Jason. You know, if he doesn't want to hear anything about anything, you know, because he's at time. Look, the UFC wants you back. We know they do. Yeah. You know, you're 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 marketable. You're you're a warrior. Even even in losses, it was still like wow, that guy really fucking put on a show. Um, you know, they, they want him back. And so it's easy to say, well, you can get a couple of easy fights and go back to the UFC and things like hell. No. He's like, look, I'm not fighting nobody that, that, that doesn't deserve to fight. You know, and I mean, I respect that at the same time. Like, look, from, from a business standpoint, you got to, he doesn't want to hear none of that. 
you know. So, so Jason, Jason wants to fight the best of the best, you know. In his opinion, he's like, look, he belongs in the UFC, but to show that he belongs in the UFC, he wants to fight the big dogs. You know, he wants to fight the other guys that belong in the UFC. Yeah, and he's obviously very well liked. Anytime that we publish or post anything to do with Jason, man, it always gets a ton of reads. We get a lot of comments, and one of the more common comments is, yeah, like, how did the UFC get rid of this guy? I loved watching every one of his fights. Like, he always brought it. Yes, like, sir. that's the most common thing that we read is people asking, like, yeah, what was sure. the UFC thinking when they got rid of him? And he still got a great record, right? That's the, that's yes, the big thing. Still got an a, amazing record. So Empire FC started about a year and a half ago, and we're almost yes. six shows in. Uh, Jason is co-owner with you guys? Jason is co-owner. He's, he's, he's my partner in, in Empire. You know, we, we kind of came up with all this together. And um, so him, Jason's brother, my brother, so we're the ones that pretty much all just one day we we're like, look, let's do this. You know, let's do this. Let's let's um let's put on a show. And and we started off with a bang. You know, we had our very first show, started off with a bang, and we've been rolling ever since. Y'all have been an incredibly competitive promotion since day one. Is there any significance yes. in the name Empire? Uh man, I, I don't know. I, I know from like all of everybody that has anything to do with Empire, you know, everybody from from our commentators to our announcers to to my partners, everybody's everybody's lived the life of a fighter. You know, everybody's fought, everybody's been in the cage, everybody trains every day. You know, so we're not the we're not the promotion, and I'm not the promoter. That I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to sit on the sideline and and make money off of other guys fighting. I'm coaching every day. I'm in the gym every day. I'm cross training. A lot of the guys that fight for us, I train with these guys. You know, we put in work together. But um, so I don't know. I think maybe to an extent that has a lot to do with it. You know, I got a lot of support. You know, I got a lot of support, especially here in the Biloxi area. Everybody wants to come to Empire. You know, and now as it builds, it's kind of like as soon as we announce the date and I start getting hit up and it's like, I need tables for this event. And I always ask them, I was like, is there a certain fighter you want to come see? And, and I got guys from all over the country now. They're like, no, we just want to come to an empire event. Yeah, so so it's cool to see that growth. Yeah, it's cool to see that, that it's really spreading and people are really catching on and, well, and wanting to be a part of what we're doing. Speaking of growth, tell me, what does the future look like for empire? What do you guys have in mind? Um, right now, we're just we're, we're doing one show at a time. But um, but we're definitely growing. You know, hopefully soon we'll, we'll be looking into um into TV deals. You know, we're we're working with some of the some of the bigger names on the on the promotional scenes with Keith and Dean and and all that. You know, we we just we just worked. I worked together with with Dean and Keith on the Icon event. You know, we just had a really successful Icon event over here in Biloxi. So um, and those guys, I I could say that Dean too. You know, he he's really had my back. And everything that we do. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. You're involved with uh, Icon Fighting Federation. It's one of the newest fight yes. promotions appearing on the Gulf Coast. What can you tell us about that? They're, they they have a lot. They have a lot of uh, a lot of really hard workers and a lot of smart guys that know what they're doing. You know, so the sky's the limit for Icon too. You know, they they have a lot of a lot of backing. They got a lot of support, and with being too at the front of it, you know, trying to trying to match make and trying to help push the show. I already know that that, that promotion is going to be one of the top promotions in the country in no time. 
And we were talking on the phone the other day. You were telling me that you were getting involved with the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship and their Toe the Line series. Do you have anything there? I do. You're kind of announcing it, and it's not really officially announced. So I'll just say that Empire will present an event, and it's looking like it's probably going to be in December, too. And, uh, and yeah, they'll be, uh, they'll be taking the gloves off for that one. So, so we'll be dropping a date and working, working with David film and Nate Shook with, with the BKFC family. And um, so we're trying to bring it, we're trying to bring it to Biloxi. You know, we Beautiful. got a lot of local guys that they are really into that too. You know, David Feldman, he really wants to try and push to where guys are fighting are coming up, you know, to beat their knuckle fighters. You know, it's like, it's another sport. It's, it's not just a sport that, that forever it's going to be MMA fighters transitioning into bare knuckles. You know, they really want Absolutely. To and, uh, and Jeff and I can give you a whole list of Louisiana pros that want to get on those bare knuckle cards. I have pros yes, that sir. text me every day going, hey, do you know anybody? How can I get a bare knuckle fight? Yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. You could, um, you could send them to me or send me a list because um, we'll be looking to match that soon. I think it's, it's nothing's, nothing's 100% official, but right now I think we're looking at December 11th. So it'll be total line, Belushi, Mississippi, Empire Presents. And I say working working side by side with, with David Feldman and BKFC. Awesome. So if there is anybody listening, fighters, or if they just want to get in touch with you, follow Empire, do you want to give us y'all's social media handles? How can our listeners uh, follow everything that you guys are up to? Yeah, Empire Fighting Championship on Facebook is probably the best way. I got somebody that monitors that around the clock. So they, they, they send me messages and stuff like that from, from different people that, that, that send them messages. So um, they can message on there or they can message me on my own Facebook. You know, I, I, I handle a lot of everything myself. So I match make, I, 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 I deal with all the, all the managers and the fighters. I also deal with all the venues and all the vendors. <laughs> I do a little bit of everything. So if you hit me up, you know, even if I don't respond to some guys and I try and tell guys like, look, we have a list. We have a board. Anybody that messages me, even if you don't get messages back, you go on this board. If something opens up, I do my best to try and hit them up. You know, everybody wants a chance. Everybody Absolutely. wants that shot. Awesome. Well, Christian, thank you so much for your time. It's fight week, so I know you must be real busy over there. Empire Fighting Championship 6 is this Saturday, October 17th from Biloxi, Mississippi. Empire FC 7. Yes, will be Saturday, December 19th, and it'll feature Jason Knight's return to mixed martial arts. So, yeah, don't forget, follow Empire on Facebook to stay up to date with everything that they've got going on. Christian, thank you so much again. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Fight Sport Focus Podcast. Man, that was great. It's awesome having live shows on the rise. More promoters returning to action. We're really just waiting for Louisiana to open back up. Get that first show rolling here. That first show in the boot, right? Waiting on our governor to take us out of phase three and let us live life a little bit. We're like phase 2.75. Like, all right, I don't know what that I means. Think, well, I'm I gonna... think what it was is Louisiana is on like a 37 phase system mm. and we're on part three. That's a, it's a prime number, I think. So good for, <laughs> well, Atlas 
fights 57 rescheduled for November 7th from the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. And Nick, you know as well as I do, that main card is insane. Bananas. Dude, so I'm going to go from uh, in, in order from uh, what you'll what will what matchup will appear first to the main event. We've got Justice Lamperez taking on Chris Miller, Justin Osborne versus Chris Crosby, Dallin Wilson versus Scott O'Shaughnessy, Thug Passion, Brandon Abair. I I can't every time I say Thug Passion, I can't say Thug Passion. Thug Passion. Yeah, I, it's a little bit high pitch. It's like Thug Passion, Brandon Abair. Sorry, Brandon, dude, you got to deal with it. Taking on Cam Graham and James Freeman versus AJ Fletcher as the main event. Any one of those five fights could easily headline a show. Absolutely. They, they, they have a stacked pro lineup on this card. Yeah. And yeah, we've got all five on the same card. AJ Fletcher is going to be joining us. Nick, do you want to get him on the phone? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get the ghost on the phone. Yeah, let's do it. We will be right back with AJ, the ghost Fletcher. Jeffrey Hoffman and Nicholas Sherlock joined by AJ, the ghost Fletcher. AJ, welcome to the Fight Sport Focus podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us. Absolutely, man. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me. AJ, we'll jump right into it, man. How did you get the name The Ghost? Uh, so I think Tim Tim gave it to me about two or three years ago, and I was taking a uh, – I had to send in a picture. I think it was for my first time fighting with Atlas. I think, or maybe it was somebody else, but I had to send in a little fight picture, you know, for a little promotion or whatever. And bro, I had on these little, these little black and gold Muay Thai trunks. I think I was, this was like three years ago. And, uh, I, I did this. I think this was before filters were like, you know, easy to put on there and they still aren't really, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we put it up there and that was my little fight picture. And dude, I swear it was, you could basically see through me into the gladiators logo that was on the wall. <laughs> so I think uh, he, he ended up like sharing my post or whatever that, that was that picture and, and wrote up a little description and, and somewhere in there, he mentioned the name, the ghost and it just kind of, you know, it, it was just kind of fitting and you know, it stuck. <laughs> I think Tim is responsible for Brandon's nickname as well. Right. I wouldn't doubt it, dude. It feels like, I think, I think he gives one. If you're there long enough, I feel like everybody's got a nickname, bro. I think that's how it should be. I think that it should be your training partners and your training staff. They assign you a nickname. There's too many people that just go out there and get their own nickname. And I think that's how we get a lot of duplicate nicknames like Cody Gombrat, like, Oh, I want to be no love. And it's like, ah, there's only one. No, love. we no know love. who it is, man. Like calm down, get, yeah. your, get your own nickname. Uh, but you have Dude, a great I will one. I'll give man. you all this. Not a lot of, not a lot of people know it, but my, my first original one when I was at Russell Jones's was the golden Ram. The Golden Ram. How did you get that? The Golden Ram. Sounds like a community college logo. (laughs) It sounds like this week the Purple Knights are playing the Golden Rams in a barn burner. So, yeah, I'm glad. uh, I'll I'll definitely take the Ghost over the Golden Ram. It it has a little bit better flow to it. You could be the Ghost Ram. Ooh. Uh, Whatever happens to Rams when they die. You know, like I I feel like we, uh, we don't explore animal heaven often enough you know i mean i know all dogs True. go to heaven well obviously i mean we all know that but what about uh 
hooved creatures. Oh, you know? straight to hell. <laughs> straight to hell. The devil loves they them. They probably the got goats. their own. Or I don't know. Maybe it's a big combined. Uh, you got horses, rams, all that, all that shit up there. So, no. AJ, what you been into, man? What you been up to lately since the coronavirus has shut everything down? It's like entertainment stuff value. We all know you're training, training your butt off constantly. But what you getting into for like downtime? Um, dude, I took, all right, you're going to laugh, but I took up, all right. So I started reading a bit. So that's, that's right. one thing. About reading. Started, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. Yeah, no, right. no, 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 that, that's not, but I started drawing as well. Okay. Um, and Nude I'm not going to lie. I'm horrendous. <laughs> I'm horrendous at drawing. Dude. All right. But like a I Titanic situation. That, uh, <laughs> Are you just having like dudes come yeah, to your house dude, and like yeah. lay on the couch naked? So <laughs> make me look beautiful. I can, I can draw. I can draw a decent circle right about now, and that's that's about it, dude. Dude, um, from what I hear, like it takes like a genius to be able to draw like a perfect circle. Yeah, well, I don't. You just redo it enough times, eventually you start. You know, I mean, making I, your making your way around. Is this a self-proclaimed perfect circle? Have you broken out a compass to verify this? I mean, I need more information. Using the protractor. <laughs> All right. Well, the truth is, I took out one of the cups from my little my little cupboard and just you know traced that. Perfect. And just go from Perfect. There, that, that's what we're into. We're in for that hardcore journalism. <laughs> we want the truth. <laughs> You've been but watching. Dude, a- I started doing it. Go ahead. I think there. I think the. I think uh, you know the. I started reading up some books about like samurais and stuff like that. I think they were onto something when they were like talking about that whole, you know, everybody talks about that flow state and all that. Mm. And I don't pretend to be able to get into that when I draw or whatever, but I think that's whatever like brain thing is going on there i think it's like a similar a similar kind of deal you know so it's just like a hobby that i found that you know while a lot of stuff is shut down that i can like kind of you know tap into that little does that make sense that little absolutely i'm a i like the color i'm an avid color like colorer when i go to walmart and stuff like i get coloring books i have that I have an app on my phone for like Marvel where you can like, I think like five bucks a month. It's talking about Little Mermaid, Little, <clears throat> Little Mermaid, uh, oh, Lady and the Tramp. I mean, what are we, what kind of books are we getting at? I mean, I'm like that old country song. I'll paint you a Birmingham if you want one. I mean, <laughs> I got you. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, that, that's awesome, man. You had to have that way to shut down and just have like self-reflection where you can just turn your brain off. And I think that's often what a lot of guys struggle at is just finding a way to shut their brain off. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a big part. And it's also like, uh, it's shutting it off, but it's also, it's, it's using it in kind of the same way, but, and totally like something completely different, if that makes sense. And it's, I think there's something to like, like, it's almost like uh, if you want to call them like imagination exercises or whatever. And one of the things I read, it was a, like a historical fiction thing about Alexander the great. And it was like, there was a quote in there and it was like, he, he didn't proclaim himself to be like the strongest or the biggest army or whatever, but he proclaimed like he, he said his, his biggest tool was his imagination. And I read that and I was like, what am I doing, dude? I got to start drawing now. So now I'm drawing. Well, let me that's, ask you, that's where we're at. Let me ask you a little bit more about preparation. How do you compare the mm-hmm. physical to mental preparation and, and not just being mentally prepared to go in and do the work, but being mentally prepared to lock yourself in a cage with somebody who you know, their job is to do bodily harm to you up and to and including uh, making you lose your state of consciousness. Uh, because, you know, yeah. we're talking with guys who are getting fights canceled and getting fights canceled, you know, like that week, which happened to you last. And I'm thinking like, yeah, the training camp is a pain in the butt, I am sure. But I would feel like there's some sort of like psyching up that you have to do to yourself to convince yourself like, yes, I'm doing this is a good idea. This is what I want to do. I am locking myself in a cage with this person. We're going to go at it until one of us is uh, 
unconscious, and then boop, just like that. Nope, we're off. Now it's not happening anymore. Like, how tough is that mentally to be able to uh, to to have to flip that switch on and off for like the mental preparation side of things? So, so I was real lucky, and my my dad was my football coach for for a long time growing up, and I had some like really good coaches throughout like all the sports that I played and stuff. And but one thing I remember he talked a lot about was even when I was in like fifth and sixth grade was he talked about like flipping that switch and like knowing when it's time to, you know, like when it's time to, to turn it up. So I've always kind of like been, I guess, fine tuning that gear and, and figuring out what, what buttons to hit, you know, when, um, I guess through all my life, but more recently, like, um, I don't know, more recently, it's like, I literally do this like every day of my life, pretty much. I do something at least once every day, usually more like, preparing for this. So my mind state going into it, it was like, all right, if, if you weren't prepared, if you, if you didn't do everything, you know, you needed to do, then yeah, you you should be nervous, <laughs> but you've, you've lived your life in a way and you've dedicated even your hobbies and your spare time towards developing not only yourself into a better fighter, but also doing into a better person. And like that, like it's through that McGregor says the same shit too, but it's through that preparation is when that like true confidence starts to come in. So like, yeah, all that scary and all that, but it's like, I train to do the same thing. And I, I'm, I'm willing to put, you know, the work I've put in against anybody in the world now. And I don't know, it's just, yeah, just, that, I guess that kind of, that's kind of where it comes from. And as far as being able to like, being able to know when to turn it on, it's, I don't know, dude, Corona's like changed everything. You just got to kind of, you got to be able to ride the wave, dude. One week you'll be fighting and who knows, dude, in two, three weeks, maybe I'll be God knows where I'll be fighting. You know what I mean? Like you it just goes back kinda... to that. It goes back to that flow state you were talking about. You just got to be able to flow. That all the samurai always talked about. You just have you got to be like water. Bruce Lee said the most yeah. effective weapon in the world was water. Water goes through anything. Water will go through solid rock if you give it enough time. Mm-hmm. You just got to be able to flow. And you touched on that a little bit. I mean, I think that's an awesome thing that you found because it's about that balance, finding that inner balance in yourself. But I had a question from you. I heard a uh, AJ story. I won't say, I mean, once I tell you the story, you'll probably figure out who told me, but I heard an AJ Fletcher story back when he was an amateur that he brutally knocked out this kid. I mean, to the point where this kid couldn't move no more. Uh, I think they had to get the, the paramedics in. They said AJ was backstage and he was super emotional about it. Uh, so were you able to find the balance from that to know that violence is part of the job or can you elaborate on that story a little more? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm trying to, was it my, my, my debut? I think it was your debut. Oh no, dude, that was talk about adrenaline dump, bro. Yeah. Oh my God. That's what, dude, that I was, I never felt anything like, like that, dude. It was, uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was really emotional. I was just due for 45 minutes. Like the biggest headache you could imagine in your, and I mean, I got hit like a few times, you know, but not like anything to where, yeah. Cause you murdered that feel kid. Like I'm dying. What's that? I said, yeah. Cause you murdered that kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like you, yeah, it was, it was bad. I, I did. All right. <laughs> he said, not on a brag, but you know, I did. Okay. <laughs> but no dude, for real, like that adrenaline dump is a very, very, very real thing. And I was not used to that dude. And for 45 minutes, like, like I was saying, like, worst headache of my life like just can't can't catch your breath like i remember like after that there was like crackling in my lungs and shit like it was it was something serious dude oh wow so looking at your yeah. fight looking at your fight career amateur and pro 
What has been your most difficult opponent that you've had to face, and what did you have to overcome in that fight to take home that W? Most difficult. Um, let's see. I've said Dan Street in the past. I'm trying to think if that, now that I think about it again, if that still holds up. I think, yeah, I think I think it would be Dan Street. Yeah, what are him or, or Jesse Roberts for sure? What our listeners need to understand, if you go do a little bit of research about AJ Fletcher, this guy man does not fight very long. It usually does not take him very long to go ahead and put opponents away with a flurry of kicks and hands. Uh, I saw this man land a spinning back kick that looked like it was out of a video game. Do you remember that fight? What's that? Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, where you hit that spinning back kick on him, it uh, was like oh, a spinning uh, heel kick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, reminiscent of the Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Rice, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're, if we're screaming clean, if we're screaming AJ Fletcher's name in the UFC in a few years, just knocking people out. How did you feel about that knockout from Buckley? That spin kick? Oh yeah, when he caught his foot and spun around and caught him. I told him, I said, I've been watching pro wrestling my whole life, and I never knew that would work in real life. <laughs> Dude, that was the weird thing about it is I was playing that UFC three video game and I was playing with Edson Barbosa and I usually like make the computer some scrub so I can like beat him up real easy and build my confidence for the fight, you know, right? Oh, yeah. So I had Edson Barbosa and then he hit that knockout versus that same kick versus Terry Adam and I was hit dude on that game, I was hitting that thing over and over and over and over again. And then I don't know if it was that, like I had been drilling it during camp as well kind of fine-tuning it so i guess just those two things combined i saw dalen like he had been circling to my right the whole fight every time i tried to press him up against the cage and then for whatever reason i think they were trying to stay away from my right hand they he they told him to start circling the other way and as soon as he did that he got out of my hook range and like to set up that kick up i used my hook to throw it and i was like oh boom and as soon as he did it again i like brought it around and dude it was Honestly, I was kind of shocked it worked, but I mean, I was pretty oh, yeah. happy it worked. So, I mean, that makes sense. You can tell you were shy because you hit him and you were backed up and he fell and you had to rush forward to finish the fight. And then the ref jumped in and saved your opponent. And uh, that was just another night yeah. for AJ Fletcher. Yeah, man, that was a good night for sure. Oh, got I- a cool little cut here and got some cool bloody pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favorite picture that you have on the Internet right now is your graduation photo from a ULL oh, yeah. with the giant black eye. <laughs> I sat next to your mom at one of your fights and we got a chance to talk about it. And she was like, I expected nothing less from him. <laughs> <laughs> and that Dylan yeah. Wilson, that's who uh, Scott O'Shaughnessy is going to be fighting on that Atlas card that you guys are sharing. Right, AJ? Yep. Cool. Yeah, Donovan Donovan Wilson yeah. is now fighting Scott O'Shaughnessy on that November seventh card. Well, maybe uh, you can share that footage with him of that spinning kick and say, "Hey, man, it's worked once." Oh yeah, I think Donna. I mean, obviously, I'm a Scott O'Shaughnessy guy, but I think Donovan Wilson is going to be in for a, a long night. I mean, well, really, I don't think he's going to be in for a long night with us, Scott. I think it's going to end pretty quick. Yeah, man, I'm excited to watch. That. That'd be a good one. Oh yeah, we were talking there's about that. There's another one seventy fight that night, I think, huh? Uh, Chris Crosby is fighting Justin Osborne in that card. Mm-hmm. Justin Lampers is fighting on that card. Brandon Abair is fighting on that card. You're fighting on that card. And Scott and, and then uh, Scott's Dylan, fighting yeah. on that card. We were talking about that uh, in the beginning of the episode. Like any fight from the pro card could be a main event on any other card on the Gulf Coast. Like this is going to be a jam packed night of amazing fights. Yeah, that's stacked, dude. I usually I'll try to sneak out and watch uh, watch one or two of them. Hopefully, before I get my my hand drafted and all that. Well, absolutely. So how's uh, so how's training camp going on, man? I saw some pictures the other day that you're getting a chance to get in some time with with the diamond as well. Yeah, for sure. I got to uh, I got to work with Dustin. I guess that was a couple weeks back now, but 
Um, I guess the, the latest, I guess, installment, everything's been, you know, been normal at the gym and it's pretty much back to, I would say our normal schedule, you know, before COVID. Um, okay. so everything as far as that is, is pretty much back to normal, but I'm actually leaving out. I got invited to, on, uh, to go to, um, California to train with Max Griffin out there at their gym with, uh, Anthony Hernandez and oh, Aspen awesome. and all then. Yeah. yeah, dude. So I'm flying out there from the 15th to the 29th, and then I'll come back and fight on the 7th. So I'm pumped, dude. Wow. It sounds like you're going to be getting in some great work. Sounds like we're going to see the next gear of AJ Fletcher. Uh, would you bring me to our next question? I'm hoping so, dude. That's, that's the plan. How many fights away, realistically, do you think personal, personally that you are away from a call-up to a major show? Man, I honestly, like I've, I've been saying I, I live my, I'm living my life in limbo right now because I really do feel like, like just the, the nature of like how the, the, the game has changed since COVID, right? There's so many more like short notice fights. There's so many more fights just in general. Now it seems like literally every week, sometimes more than that, every week we're getting fights. So you just never know. So like the way I'm living my life right now is I'm staying pretty low in weight just in case like something does come on a whim and, you know, on a week's notice or five days notice. But realistically, like, I know, like, I'm still young and, and I'm, I'm only 5-0. and oh, So, you know, I would like to think that if I stack up, you know, another few wins, maybe, you know, two or three, that that starts putting that pressure on, you know, to, to get a call even more. But if not, dude, I'm just kind of taking it day by day and, you know, putting my, my stress and my importance on the training and just trying to make sure that I get better. And, you know, whenever that call comes, it'll come. But if not, I'll just keep chipping away, you know, and also just, just staying prepared if it does come. Absolutely. I mean, I know you're a fan of the show too. So, I mean, you've heard every guest we have has already crowned you the next king of Louisiana, the next guy to to burst onto the scene, man. And I think that even at five and even five and zero, oh, I mean, you see a lot of guys coming in to the UFC now with these these uh, smaller records because, like you said, there's so much product now. They need guys that are ready to go at a moment's notice. And I personally, I think you're a tall order for anybody coming in at 170, especially uh, not having a big name right now where people don't know exactly what they're getting into. Uh, I think it's going to be a wild night for anybody who gets a hold of you for their first fight. I agree, man. And let me, let me just say something right now before, uh, let me just call my shot. I'm coming for that fight bonus, bro. I want the 50 G's data. Absolutely. <laughs> Get us the money, baby. So who, who is your, who is your number one training partner? Who is your number one guy? Who is your guy? Like, you know, that no matter what, he's going to be there with you time to grind. Dude, I would probably have to say, probably say justice. Justice. I had to say. All right. Just cause, yeah. Cause like most of the other guys, like they're at, they're at Youngsville for a few of their, like, uh, like on, we have like technical days, I guess you could say like light days ish. Yeah. And they'll get a lot of their like pad work and stuff like that at their, I guess, home gyms. But usually we'll kind of get together on, on a weekend or, or, you know, late night weekday or whatever, and kind of all get together and get some work. But as far as like day to day, man, I see just, I feel like I see justice all the time. I see him more than my girlfriend. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've been, you were worried, getting, you're, you're uh, worried about some stuff early. You should be worried about that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh man. I like justice, yeah, man. He's, he's, he's I'm he's actually there. looking at his picture right now. We have a picture of him live here in studio. Oh, there we go, bro. Dude, he, so, uh, he's, so tell he's me good for me to work with too. Like, you know, he's, he's a real like heavy volume guy. So when I try mm -hmm. to go with that, I try to like, he's definitely a cardio kind of, king. You know, match up to that. And it's tough, dude. He's tell tough. me, tell me something about justice. I don't know. Something well, they get, it doesn't man. even have to be fight related. It could be a quirk he has just in his personal life. Just tell me something about oh. justice. 
I'm trying to okay, so I guess my, my one of my amateur fights for Atlas, it, for some reason it's not on my topology, but my, my first ever fight for Atlas as an amateur, uh we were it was me, him and Mike Bruno, and we all like I don't we, I don't know. It, this is a weird story, I guess. But we went and got Italian food the night before, and then we had a buffet. We went and grabbed the buffet. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I remember there was something funny from that story, but I can't remember what it is. Can't put my finger on it. I don't know, dude. You just you just got to know justice. Like he's a he's a fun cat to be around. Interesting guy. Oh, I'll say this. I've never had a. Uh, uh an unpleasant moment with justice. I've refereed a few of his fights. I've been, I think I've been to pretty much all of his fights. I mean, he's always a thrill to watch and he's one of those guys that doesn't look like a world beater until the cage door closes. And he is mauling people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the most unassuming he, he, fighters. Oh, absolutely. Across, right? <laughs> he's another one of those guys. He's just, he's one just of my a, favorites. Just a sweet guy too. Yeah. Just a goofy Great kid. And he, but that door, door shuts and you say, are you ready? He's, he's ready. Yeah, Been one he's of my ready. favorites since day one. A, a large part of that is due to just very unassuming, very nice guy. And absolutely. An absolute killer in the cage. I, I love seeing that, you know, like people that you can't pinpoint just by looking at, right. They've got yeah. something that you don't know that you can't know just from looking at him. That's my thing. So, yeah, dude, and he's nonstop. Like, like I was saying, that volume, that pace, like it's so fun to watch because there's never like a dull moment when, especially when it's on the feet, dude. He could punch for 28 minutes straight if he needed to. And God, is he <laughs> tough? Oh my God, oh, he, yeah. he can eat shots with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this: uh, Who do you think coming out of your guys' gym is the next amateur name that uh, we need to we need to look out for? Oh man, there's a few. Uh, Rylan Malonsal, dude, he has been, I've been seeing him put in work. Like he's never done before, dude. It's he's grinding, man. Rylan's going to be good. I know. I think he's on a little bit of a skid right now, dude, but he's, he's doing, he's doing all the right things. And that's, that's going to catch up for sure. That's going to pay off. Um, I went on a, I went on a two, little two fight skid when I was an amateur as well and kind of changed up a few things. And, and I can see that he's, like recommitted himself to the, I don't even want to say recommitted cause he didn't ever lose his commitment, but he's, he's got that fire right now, dude. And it's, you can just see it. Like you can tell when you're around him, you can tell he's getting there early for practices. He's, he's, he's always in the gym. Like you can just tell. So he's one and I gotta think, man, there's so many Renee. We've got Josh Langley, dude. He's same thing. Yeah. I swear, dude, yeah. after quarantine, I saw him before and I saw him after dude. He's put on, he must've put on like five, some five to seven pounds of muscle, like good muscle in his legs and his hips and his yeah. arms. Like he's still pretty he's young one, dude. talking to you. Who's also pretty young, but he's even younger than you are. And he's pretty, he's pretty new to the <laughs> yeah. gladiators. He's yeah. pretty new to gladiators as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's always awesome. So on a more personal question, what are you a beer, liquor, or wine guy? Uh, what's available. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Who's buying? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So what's your go-to drink? Yeah, usually, we're, uh, we're, at a, we're at a bar and I go, AJ, what you got? I'm buying. I don't know. It depends. Like if I'm, if I just fought, I'll probably have, I'll probably have a beer. If I had to, if I had to Respectable say. choice. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah. It, it, but if it's, if I fought like three weeks ago, I'd probably just go with some wine. I All feel right. like probably. Exquisite. And how, how, how are you on the roof alone? Do you want me to roofie the glass? Or are you going to do it yourself? Like a, a high volume, low volume? 
Just do it while I'm in the bathroom, bro. Just don't, oh, okay. <laughs> just don't let you see. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what? Uh, so are you, are you a Netflix guy? You're a movies guy? You watch a lot of TV, uh, sports? So what? What? What is your viewing schedule like? Because you don't strike me as a guy who, who watches a lot of TV. Not, not much, dude. Uh, probably it's either UFC Fight Pass or YouTube or. Netflix every once in a while if, if I'm with my girl we'll watch we'll try to watch something like that Disney Plus is another one that mm. thing is amazing all right um other than that I what's your favorite Disney it, movie we just watched Finding Dora the other night dude that was pretty solid I've got to say <laughs> I haven't watched that one yet my my girl tagged me in a photo online she was like Frozen 3 it's the final chapter I was like oh, uh no. I still got to watch Frozen 2 like <laughs> Especially, I have a daughter named Elsa, and you would think that uh, I would be on top of these movies, but I'm really not. But the all-time favorite, it's got to be the original Lion King. I don't think anything yeah, is. Yeah, sure. Right. See, my all-time favorite would be The Jungle Book. I'm a Jungle okay. Book guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Strong, strong contender. Some of these uh, uh, live action remakes, like I didn't like the live action remake of Lion King at all. I didn't like the live action remake of the jungle book like they changed the story so much and my girl actually paid the 20 bucks to buy the mulan movie oh, and she Jesus. was like oh there's no songs in it whatsoever i was like are you, like are you shitting me i don't even want to watch it that oh, song uh See, we were we were we were hyped to watch that and then we saw the the 20 bucks thing what, what was this I, I was like, I told her, I was like, why did you pay 20 bucks? We also own a fire stick where everything is free. Like, don't be doing this nonsense. The only reason we have a uh, Disney plus is because uh, we have Verizon, and with Verizon, you can get Disney plus for free. Yeah. I'm going to bring you on to the way back machine here. So one of my favorite Disney movies, 1973 Robin hood, Robin hood's played by like a Fox. Okay. Oh, that's a good one too. Yep. Classic. Come on. A AJ, you've seen this. That's right. Yeah. That, oh yeah, I've seen that one. I was good, dude. That's back when all the voice actors were the same. Because like I think Little John is the same voice as Baloo the Bear. They all had the same dancing scenes over and over. They just keep moving, cutting them into the same scenes. Oh, oh it's man. great. The background stays perfectly still, and you only got one character moving. Oh, absolutely. So I know you played football back in the day. So are you, are you an NFL guy now, or just kind of over it? Um, I would say it's it's gone in. It's decreased, I guess, the longer I've gotten away from the sport. Um, and I, I was playing fantasy two or three years ago, but I'm not playing fantasy anymore. So at, when that dropped off, say my viewership dropped off a bit, but I'll still watch the Saints and catch a game here and there. But it's just not like well, I can let like you when I was in the game. I can let I you know. I can let you know right now they are getting absolutely murdered by this young uh, Abraham from a. Uh, Herbert. I keep calling him a bear. That's the Louisiana. From, enemy. from anywhere outside of Louisiana. It's an Herbert. It's Herbert. But Herbert. Uh, the, down yeah. here in old good Louisiana, his motherfucker's name is a bear. <laughs> uh, this dude is absolutely torching the saints right now. It's 20 to 10 coming out of the break. Uh, but I guess, uh, don't want to keep you too long, man. I know you got a lot of things to get to, but lastly, do you have, a, we got two things. One, it's a, it's a fight sports focused tradition that you allow Jeff and I, to pick your, white, your walkout music. We're not going to tell you what it is. Uh, you just got to go, 
I'm all for it. Jeff and I will come up with something. I mean, it could be, it all depends on how we're feeling. It could be like the full house theme song or maybe get into some Rob Zombie or DMX. We don't know. Honestly, we don't even know what we're going to pick till the night. We're going to see how we're feeling. We might be feeling a little frisky. Could be just a Russian roulette thing, right? We got like a hundred on the playlist. We just shuffle and then that's what it is. You're in the tunnel, you know, it's silence. And then you hear the beat start. When I was at that icon, I went to that icon card a couple of weeks ago. I swear to you, 95% of the people came out to Little Wayne. I heard his entire catalog that night. Like, it, I mean, I'm a Wayne fan, but I was like, this is a bit much, guys. We would definitely do you something better, AJ, than Little Wayne, I can assure you. So, I mean, hey, that, whatever y'all pick, I'm down with it, but y'all, whatever y'all pick, y'all got to karaoke when I, walk, when I walk out. Down. Good deal. Could be the Growing uh, Pains theme song. <laughs> Show me that hey, smile. <laughs> and, lastly, and lastly, brother. Do you have a prediction for us coming out, out November 7th? What do you, how do you see this fight going? Um, let's see. James, dude, James is a, he comes out to be hot, you know, um, anything can happen early for sure. Just with, with a guy that comes out like that, um, anything can happen early. And, you know, I, uh, I intend to show all of my skills this fight. Um, and, and, you know, whether that results in a in an early finish or a late finish, I mean it's no secret. I like to finish people. It's, I, I like to break them. I like Absolutely. to, you know, I like to take them to deep water, and then I like to finish spectacularly. So whether that happens in the the second, the third, the fourth, or the fifth, we got five rounds. So you know, I want to feel that. I don't want I don't want the first time that you know I, I feel a five round fight to be a UFC main event or a UFC title fight. I want to I want to get that experience and. You know, I'm going to set a pace that if he can keep great, you know, then we'll have four or five rounds to dance. But realistically, dude, I don't, I mean, it could happen at any round, you know what I mean? But I'm going in there with a finish and, and it could happen anywhere. I know that's the generic answer and all that, but I really do intend to, to test him everywhere and, and, and find where he's weak and find those openings and make him pay for it, you know, and look for that finish, whether it be early, whether it be late. And, you know, I want to carry him through late, but we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I guess my very last question I'll have for you tonight. Um, you don't have to tell us who, but is there going to be a call out after this main event win? Is there anybody else locally that you feel that you need to climb in the cage with? I'm calling out Eric Scallion. That's who I'm calling out. <laughs> All right. Eric Scallion. I think that's a great fight. And look, you don't even need to train. Just like hop in here now, man. I'm ready to go. You're here. You're ready to go. If you called out, if you called out Eric Scallion, I would piss on myself laughing. I'm sure he'll be standing like right behind you too. Like, what the hell? He might slap you in the back of the head. He's gonna be that close. That's right, dude. He would. He would. Dude's got no mercy. He would be in the. We'll be in the cage taking a picture, and he'll double leg me like it's nothing right after. I swear. <laughs> Eric Scallion is another no, dude, great Bayou legend, guys. Oh, absolutely, man. He's a. He's going down in the history books, and he, dude, he's one who, if you want to talk about like helping me make strides in, in a certain part of my game, he, his, I've got to contribute a lot of like that, that grinding and that wrestling is, is from my time with him, dude. If you want to, you want to talk about who, who, a guy who wrote the book on grinding people out and just making that fight dirty and just breaking people. I mean, that's Eric, dude. So Absolutely, being able my, to get a, you know, be around him was huge. My favorite Eric Scallion fight ever is when, when he fought Chris Anthony. I think he got mm-hmm. his black belt. Uh, did he get his black belt that night? I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He. Uh. That was that was a clinic of jujitsu and just grinding. I loved watching that. Beautiful, fight. dude. But thanks his for being. Versus, uh, Evan Cutts was huge. Was was great as well, dude. For yeah. Atlas. Yeah. His yeah. last fight, right? Yeah. 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 
Well, all right, brother. Uh, best of skill coming up, man. Train hard. Uh, do steroids. Don't get caught. Uh, <laughs> but we love you, brother, man. We appreciate you. We're in your corner, man. Uh, yeah, anything more, Jeff? Yeah, anybody that you want to shout out, coaches, teammates, sponsors, this is your time, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. As always, you know, thanks to my team. Like, uh, I really do feel like whatever I get to go out there and show people is, is really just a reflection of my coaches and, and my teammates and the people around. And, you know, I, I feel like they not only, you know, have a, have an impact on, on what I do inside the cage, but also who I am outside of it. So as always, you know, thankful, I'm thankful to them for my growth in and out of the cage. And, you know, I've had, uh, I want to shout out elephant realty and, um, the house bar in Tigerland. Are y'all familiar with it? Absolutely. I'm familiar with it from our last interview. When you, uh, told me all about your story, you were, uh, working there, right. And yeah. Yep. You, you can go. Yeah. I started off working there. Uh, my, my first year of college, my freshman year before I moved down to Lafayette, Extra little tidbit, my brother worked there before me. Extra little tidbit, my dad oh, worked there way back when he Family was tradition here. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I guess so, dude. We didn't know that until like two or three years ago, but man, it's wild, huh? Your dad <laughs> but, is one of our favorite people. We just want you to know that, man. We love your dad. That dude is a good time. Good. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. He just, dude, he just got himself a little, uh, he found a great deal on, I don't, we're not, I'm not the biggest car dude. Okay. So don't, don't kill me, but he got a, a little, I don't even know, a little convertible kind of little deal. And dude, he's been loving that taking joy rides and all that. So I'm sure he'll probably be playing this, this Spotify episode and with the, with the, with the top down and cruising and be, it'll be great. Letting the so, neighbors hear it. Yeah, he's, uh, what's that? With the top down, letting the neighbors hear, letting the neighbors hear the old son on the Fight Sports podcast. He's got to grow that hair out. That's free promotion right there, dude. He can drop the (laughs) top and let the hair blow. There we go. There we go. Well, AJ, look, thank you so much for being here, man. Keep in touch. Have a good time with it. And uh, we will see you at Atlas 57. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. You got it, brother. We will be right back with our picks for UFC Fight Night, Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. All right, welcome back to the Fight Sport Focus podcast. Jeffrey Hoffman here with Nicholas Sherlock. Let's look ahead to UFC Fight Night Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. And that's going to be this Saturday, October 17th from Fight Island. First up, we've got Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. Almeida's the minus 145 favorite, and Martinez is the plus 125 dog. Almeida had a 4-0 start with the UFC, but since then he's gone just 1-3 of those eight UFC appearances. Almeida's been awarded a fight bonus in five of those matchups, so we can expect an action-packed affair Saturday night. Jonathan Martinez has been the more active fighter, and he'll be making his sixth walk to the octagon since 2018, and Martinez is 3-2 with the UFC. I'm going with Almeida here. I mean, look, we've got 22 and three versus 12 and three. Almeida is just the slight favorite, but I think that those 10 fights 
uh, not just 10 fights worth of experience, but 10 wins worth of experience is going to play out for him. I'm taking Almeida. I am also taking Almeida. I like it. Second act of the main card. We've got Jimmy Crute taking on Modestus Bukowskis. Now, don't get excited, Nick, when you hear Bukowskis. This isn't the same thing that you search on your phone when you're, you know, alone in the house. Dude, it's a dude, stop giving out my personal business. <laughs> so Crute is a, a, a very promising uh, UFC light heavyweight and he enters this fight as the third biggest betting favorite on the card. Crute, by way of the contender series, is three and one with the UFC, and he's got three finishes. Modestus Bukaskis will be making his second walk to the octagon this weekend, but he enters this one on a seven-fight win streak. All of that being said, dude, I like Jimmy Crute a lot. He's an absolute axe murderer. Every fight that I've seen him in, He's been almost perfect, except two fights ago, he got caught in like a really wicked uh, Peruvian necktie uh, through by Misha Serkinov. Other than that one slip up, he's been almost perfect. I'm taking Krut. I'm going to take Krut as well. Next up, we've got Caitlin Chukagian versus Jessica Andrade. Chukagian is the plus 115 dog. Andrade comes in at a minus one. 45 favorite Chukagian will be making her 11th UFC appearance. And after losing her flyweight title matchup to Valentina Shevchenko back at UFC 247 in February, Chukagian had a, a very rare opportunity in that she got to uh, avenge that loss to Valentina's sister in the very next fight, just uh, seven weeks later. So it's like, well, I couldn't kick your ass, but your sister, she's got it coming. She's going to get it <laughs> and uh, kick her ass. She did. Jessica Andrade is making her move up to flyweight for this matchup. Andrade won strawweight gold against Rose Namahunas at UFC 237. Then she lost it to Weili Zhang in her first defense back in August of 2019. And after losing that rematch to Rose Namahunas at UFC 251, uh, Andrade Moving up to 125. She used to fight 135 way back in the day. She's a big gal. Then she's got some arms on her. Yeah, she's huge for 115. I don't know how she made it for so long. So now she's, I guess, settling on a happy medium at 125. And I'd have to think. Getting older, man. Yeah, getting older. Uh, harder to cut weight as you get older. And also, I'd have to think uh, 135, that belt's off limits. 135 or 145, right? Like that belt is forever off limits as long as Nunez is May, maybe I mean father time waits for no one eventually eventually Amanda will go down oh but as far as Jessica Andrade is concerned father time is ticking at the same speed for the well, two she, of them. she's way too small for, for that yeah day. so 135 145 are off limits 115 okay so she's lost to the current champ Whaley Jong uh she just lost the rematch to Rose Namahunas title shot there looking very not promising for Andrade. Yeah, she'd be two, three fights away in that league class. 125. Excuse me, 125. I mean, we've got a very intriguing fight or two, and she might have a shot at Valentina Shevchenko. And when I say shot, I mean an opportunity to fight 
maybe not an opportunity to win. But I think I think Valentina is, an, is another one. But unless yeah. Jessica could wrestle her, but if Jessica could put her on her back, then yeah, that's I'm, a lot of trouble for anybody. Yeah, I'm not too high on Andrade winning that fight, but just getting the opportunity to have that fight is big, right? It's a good Absolutely. opportunity. It's a lot of money for her, and I think it's better than anything she has at 115. Right, and you have to be in the fight to win the fight. Yeah, and, and I assume that that's a big part of the reason for her going up to 125. Yep. Um, all of that being said, even in her first fight at uh, flyweight, I'm going with Andrade by decision. I think, uh, yeah, the bigger girl, stronger girl, and I think she's going to get it done. I'm going to take Jessica the Bicep Andrade. Is she? Is her nickname really the Bicep? I mean, it is now. <laughs> it is on this show. Why would Why wouldn't it be the Biceps? <laughs> is she working with like a Popeye arm? She just got one going on over here. I mean. It's just how, how I said it. I'm a little drunk. Or what? I'm not gonna, not gonna lie to you. <laughs> or what is it like that? About half a bottle of wine over here. I mean, it is what it is. I'm feeling good. What about that that episode of Rick and Morty? You ever watch Rick and Morty? I mean, I've I've seen episodes of Rick and Morty here and there, but I'm not like a fanboy like a lot of people are. Yeah. Like, uh, but I've, I've, I know what it is. There's that one episode where Morty gets like this. Uh, other beings arm it's guy that was dead or whatever he's got this it's like a huge muscular arm and the other one just like the normal one and the arm gets a mind of its own and goes around so that's what i'm thinking that when you one call cyborg her, arm yeah well it's, it's that's what i think when you say jessica the bicep andrage i'm like all right does she have a situation similar to that going on but i digress next up we've got cyril gane taking on ante delisia gane enters as a minus 600 favorite Delija, that's a big dip. <laughs> that's a huge dip. Delija is the plus four hundred dog. He's definitely the bet. If you're gonna make a bet on this fight, that minus six hundred is worth it. It is. There's so much upside to that bet. It's not funny. Yeah. And here's the thing, Gane. Uh, he's just six and zero as a pro, and uh, three of those fights have been in the UFC. So he joined the UFC at three and zero, uh, and he's got three wins. He did have a undefeated uh, seven and zero record as a professional Muay Thai fighter beforehand, but obviously uh, he's a very highly touted uh, UFC heavyweight prospect. Ante Delija is making his UFC debut, and man, I think he's got his work cut out for him. Vegas does as well. If you're taking an underdog, I mean, I'm not taking the uh, the plus 400 underdog. I'm going with Gane. I'm going to think I'm going to go with Gane as well. All right. In the main event, guys, this is the one that we've all been waiting for. Brian T. City Ortega taking on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. Ortega is coming off of his first and only career loss. That was that uh, shot at the UFC featherweight title against Max Holloway at UFC 231. And that fight was a long time ago, man. I had to do a double take and I was like, is that 2019? And then I looked back and was like, no, 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 that was December of 2018. That that loss, you can tell, was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to Brian Ortega. It let him realize there's levels to this shit, and it mm -hmm. made him adjust. It's made him contemplate. And the fact that he took this long off, hopefully, like I don't know personally, yeah. but hopefully mm -hmm. he's been working on his game. He's been finding the holes. And he was already a phenomenal fighter, but hopefully we're going to see the next Brian Ortega that comes out, and he surpasses that old guy by a lot so yeah so we also have a little bit of beef in this we got a little little beef brewing uh little colby in this matchup here a little kobe beef a little colby beef that's my favorite beef mm, could be mm. i like that like that fat ratio to meat ratio to be uh, <laughs> a, a little slanted i mean, makes a great burger i'm just saying i'm just throwing that out there much could be said uh 
with many, many aspects of life is that fat to meat ratio. So back at UFC 248, this was right before the COVID shutdown. Uh, if you guys remember, Ortega got into an altercation with uh, the Korean Zombies translator, who also happens to be a famous Korean rapper. And I didn't even know there's a reason for rap music to exist in Korea. Uh, Korean Zombie, he's on a two-fight win streak, six and two in his last eight. Those eight fights, however, date back to 2011 as uh, Jung the Korean zombie, he took a two-year hiatus from the UFC to serve his mandatory military obligation to South Korea. So it's really interesting that he's coming in at a pretty nice favorite there at minus 190. And um, and I think if you're going to take an underdog in this one, I really like Ortega at the plus 155. I'd go with Ortega. I think I'm going to go with old T-City as well. Like I said, hopefully he's taking this time off to progress himself as a fighter and really hone in his skills. Yeah, And, if, and this fight's going to tell us a lot about that. I mean, if he comes out, I'm sorry, if he comes out of this massive layoff and gets starched by the Korean zombie, ah, the run might be over for T-City. Yeah, definitely be harder for him to get to that top uh, where he wants to be. And it's just so hard to gauge where uh, the Korean zombie is. Because if you look at his last four wins, okay, the last four UFC wins that he has, and you look at those names, Dustin Poirier, Dennis Bermudez, uh, Renato Moicano, and Frankie Edgar, right? It's like, oh, wow, those are huge names. Yeah. But you fought Dustin in 2011. That's four wins ago was Dustin Poirier at, in 2011. So it's just really hard to judge where uh, Jung is right now. Uh, obviously, he took some time off for the military service. And I think he had some injuries in between and then the Rona, but it's just, you know, inactivity to say the least. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to see where he's at and for him to come in as a minus 190 favorite. I like the action on uh, Ortega for sure in this one. I agree. Old Brian T-City Ortega. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he can throw up a triangle here. Maybe he can uh, walk to the cage holding two Modellos. <laughs> Nick, uh, do we have anything else? I think that about covers it, man. Unless you, I mean, this weekend we're going to be out there at old Empire Fights. Yeah, Empire Fighting Championship. Come on out, this join weekend. us. Come on out, say hi. We'll be standing around the cage side. It'll be the scruffy-looking guy with a beard and the beautiful ball-headed mm. Jeffrey Hoffman. Mm, you better believe it. I'm gonna be waxed up too, wearing our sexy-ass <laughs> Fight Sports Focus shirts. You can also get you a Fight Sports Focus shirt if you visit our website, fightsportsfocus.com, and visit the shop. Yeah, fightsportfocus.com. Click on shop, and you can get you a uh, Fight Sport Focus t-shirt or a Fight Sport Focus podcast t-shirt. Uh, we have a lot of guests that can't make it onto the podcast due to time restraints, but we also publish interviews constantly. Yeah, so make sure, visit the website, bookmark, check back often so you don't miss out. Nick, ninth episode of the Fight Sport Focus podcast, man. It's in the books. In the books. We will be back next week with the amazing Macy Bro. I'm very excited. Our first female guest on the podcast. Uh, she's got a fight coming up that she's going to talk about. Uh, she also has a couple... Interesting businesses that she's into. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that with her, but I think that's going to be another phenomenal interview. Yeah. Tune in next week. Don't forget, follow us on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Fight Sport Focus, and visit our website, 
fightsportfocus.com. New episodes are dropping every week, so subscribe to and share this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hoffman, and this is Nicholas Sherlock. Thanks for listening.